Welcome to the Caravan Podcast, a venture of the Herbert and Jane Dwight Working Group on the Middle East and the Islamic World at the Hoover Institution. The Working Group publishes research and commentary on the Middle East with questions for U.S. policy, and you can read our work at www.hoover.org caravan. I'm Cole Bunzel, a fellow at the Hoover Institution and member of the Working Group, and today I am speaking with Wang Shiwei. Shiwei is a PhD candidate in history at Princeton University, as well as the Gene Kirkpatrick Fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. In 2016, he was conducting academic research in Iran when he was arrested and falsely charged with espionage. After more than three years of imprisonment, he was finally released in December 2019 as part of a prisoner exchange. Since then, he has emerged as an outspoken critic of the Iranian regime and those who would seek to appease and placate it. He has written for Foreign Affairs, The Wall Street Journal, and most recently, The Hoover Caravan, where he has an essay titled, Don't Let Iran's Human Rights Be Sacrificed at the Altar of a Nuclear Deal. Shiwei, thank you for coming on The Caravan Podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. Great. So I thought we would begin by talking a little bit about your experience as a political prisoner in Iran and the lessons that that taught you before we move on to the more specific questions of U.S. policy under the Biden administration. So perhaps uh, you could tell us how you came to be in Iran in 2016, what you were studying and, and why it was that you were arrested. Uh, so um, in 2016, um, I went to Iran um, uh, in consultation with uh, uh, my professors at uh, Princeton uh, to do uh, academic research uh, for my dissertation. Uh, and I was also learning Persian at the same time. Um, I was uh, studying and doing research uh, for about four months uh, in Tehran's uh, Dehuda Institute and the Iranian National Archives, uh, National Library and the Foreign Ministry Archive. Everything went uh, very well until uh, my passport was confiscated uh, a few hours uh, before I was due to leave the country. And my nightmare began, uh, kind of began uh, from that moment. Um, it ended up uh, me uh, being arrested under false charges uh, uh, 18 days later, and uh, I spent altogether 40 months uh, as American hostage uh, in Iran's Evian prison until I was released in December 2019. So I just want to clarify, that's 40 months as uh, as a hostage, essentially. And um, just for the listeners to understand, the kind of research you were, you were carrying out, this wasn't uh, research on contemporary politics, nothing of a, of a sensitive nature, right? It was about 19th century history? This is exactly. So this is uh, about, this was about um, late 19th century, early 20th century, uh, gorgeous days uh, management of the frontier uh, Turkmen nomads. Okay. And so if I understand correctly, your, your, your captors or your interrogators, they told you quite, quite frankly that you were being held as a political prisoner uh, for the purpose of, um, of achieving some kind of prisoner exchange. Um, so what, what did they tell you exactly? Uh, yes, so they were uh, actually very explicit. Um, they told me uh, when they forced me into confession after a month uh, into my arrest uh, uh, that uh, they wanted a deal uh, with the United States to repatriate Iranian prisoners um, and Iranian frozen assets. 
Uh, in order to do that, uh, they need to have an American prisoner. Um, uh, and uh, um, I was that American prisoner they need, um, a prisoner that who, uh, who has to uh, be accused of uh, uh, spying or infiltration. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't have a case. Uh, therefore, I was, I was in the wrong place in the wrong, uh, in the wrong time, um, and that was it. So you've said before that uh, when you came to Iran as, as a student and, and a researcher, you had a somewhat different, maybe not somewhat, an entirely different uh, perception of, of the regime, of its relationship with the United States, um, and that during your, your time as a prisoner, uh, you came to develop a completely different view. Could you tell us um, those two views? Uh, yes, uh, e exactly. Ko, um, uh, uh, as you know, you're also uh, uh, from a Middle Eastern studies background. And you know, uh, we who study at the, at the Middle East uh, on, uh, in the universities are um, mostly taught um, a certain, uh, certain ideas. Um, for example, I really believed uh, that uh, the, uh, the United States, uh, the West, uh, is uh, mainly to uh, to blame uh, for everything went wrong uh, in the in the Islamic world today. Um, the the Iranian regime, to be sure, I knew it was not a humane uh, regime. It, it abuses human rights. It's very oppressive, um, and, and it exports religion, uh, 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 revolution, um, and terrorism, and all that. But um, I believed uh, that these these behaviors of the uh, Iranian regime um, uh, were uh, reactive. Uh, they behaved uh, in in such way in in reaction to uh, the kind of wrong things uh, we uh, the United States and the West um, have done uh, in that region. And by uh, fixing our policy. Uh, mistakes and pitfalls. Um, I believed that the Iranian regime would come around and change their behavior for better. And then the JCPOA uh, the, or the Iranian, uh, the Iran nuclear deal uh, was a major step by the Obama administration uh, towards fixing our wrongs. Um, and then things uh, looked very positive uh, when the JCPOA was concluded uh, in mid 2015. We should uh, clarify too that um, yeah, the it was the JCPOA or the nuclear deal was uh, entered into in early 2016. It was um, implemented, right? And right. and so you were actually arrested after the JCPOA was implemented, right? Uh, right, right. So the JCPOA was concluded. Uh, it was never signed as a as an agreement. Uh, it was it, 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 it was actually an executive agreement um, without a, a signature. Uh, it was concluded in uh, uh, July 2015, uh, implemented uh, in January 2016. I was arrested in August 2016, kind of in the best time, if you will, um, uh, um, the most promising time uh, for a potential Iran-U.S. Uh, rapprochement. So, uh, why? So you must have been somewhat confused then. Why were they arresting you? Uh, during this ostensible rapprochement. Um, so what is it that you came to learn about the regime uh, in, in your view about its nature and about its its true intentions um, that you didn't understand uh, when you first came to Iran? 
Um, uh, you know, when they arrested me uh, and then threw me into um, solitary confinement, and it was a, a really uh, a huge shock. Uh, this was nothing I expected. Um, uh, even had any inkling that would happen. Um, I, I really thought um, uh, the JCPOA offered a, a, a pathway for a better future between uh, uh, Iran and the United States. But uh, my arrest and, my, uh, and during my interrogations, uh, my, my interaction with my interrogators, um, and then later on with the Iranian uh, judiciary, the judge and the prison officials, uh, really uh, uh, taught me a very different uh, side uh, of uh, the Iranian regime and then the, re the, the, the Iranian regime vis-a-vis -vis the United States and the U.S.-Iran relations. Um, and I really think, uh, and I believe I'm right, uh, and, and that the, uh, the Iranian regime's um, uh, hostility um, against the United States uh, is some kind of a, a, a raison d'être uh, of the regime. It exists, uh, it, it exists uh, on um, uh, uh, having the United States uh, as an arch enemy. Um, it justifies its behavior um, with that hostility. And then um, we have been wrong in a way uh, in our um, very um, progressive and liberal uh, rhetorics, um, uh, arguing um, um, we are wrong, we are responsible uh, uh, for our aggression that created the, the havoc and the chaos in the Middle East because uh, we tend not to give the, uh, the, the agency uh, to uh, the actors, or let's say the Iranian, uh, the, the, in, in my case specifically, the Iranian regime, that, uh, that they have every interest uh, to oppose us. And that, that's not something I was taught, or that's not something really often talked about uh, in the mainstream media. Right. That's a completely different view from what you would typically hear in, in Middle East studies departments, um, where the general narrative is one about um, Western intervention having um, produced this, this negative reaction. And the idea is, if only we could uh, somehow extricate ourselves from, from our evil situation, then these regimes would, would improve their relations with us. But I'm, what I understand you're saying is that it's at the nature, it's in the nature of this regime uh, to hate the United States, and it will never um, cease to do that so long as it continues to be the regime that it is. Yes, uh, exactly. I, I think uh, the the ironic thing is that um, the Iranian regime says that uh, not behind closed doors, but in the open, uh, in Iranian and international media. They say it not only in Farsi, uh, but in English and many other Western languages. Um, but uh, in the West, we prefer to ignore that. Uh, we prefer to keep a blind eye uh, to what the regime is saying. Um, we all know that they say a death to America, done with the USA, but we tend not to take it very seriously. So your advice uh, to to the American listeners would be that we should take their rhetoric seriously. Is yes. that correct? Yes, yeah. because because their rhetoric reflects what they think, reflects uh, 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 how uh, how their thinking guides um, uh, their behavior. 
Now, a lot of analysis um, about Iran and the Iranian regime during and after the Iran nuclear deal uh, was about this idea, this distinction between so-called moderates in the regime and so-called hardliners, where you have people like Foreign Minister Javad Zarif, who who come to the United States and who act nice and say that you know we want a deal, and then you have these hardliners like the Supreme Leader Ayatollah Khamenei, who basically never moderate their rhetoric against the United States whatsoever. Um, what do you make of this this distinction between moderates and hardliners? Is that a fallacy? Uh, yes, this um, I, I think the the most one of the most risk, uh, uh, most ridiculous things um, uh, in the Iranian uh, uh, in Iranian uh, in, in Iran studies and uh, uh, Iran among Iran watchers uh, is this uh, argument that repeatedly uh, uh, surfaces. Uh, um, there there is a dichotomy between. Uh, the moderates uh, and uh, and, uh, and and the hardliners, and we need to engage Iran uh, by giving them a deal, so we empower the moderates uh, at the expenses of the uh, uh, hardliners. And I think that is a great misunderstanding of what's going on in that country. Uh, um, and then, um, in fact, uh, many uh, leading experts. Uh, uh, including uh, Vali Nasser, uh, the former dean of uh, uh, Johns Hopkins, uh, Saiz, uh, repeatedly uh, makes this argument, despite uh, the reality seems to, to prove it wrong. So I think for Americans, uh, especially uh, people like uh, uh, former, former Secretary of State uh, John Kerry, uh, who put forward, or let's say, uh, promotes this idea of strengthening the moderates against the uh, 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 hardliners seem to believe uh, that um, uh, the uh, moderates vis-a-vis -vis hardliners in Iran uh, is analogous uh, to um, the Republicans vis-a-vis uh, -vis the Democrats uh, in the United States. Uh, we uh, in the United States, between uh, these partisan views, we 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 uh, uh, have a huge uh, a heated debate about what to do with uh, with a uh, uh, myriads of issues. Uh, sometimes they are diametrically opposed, right? But just one thing that um, we should look at the Iran situation. When did you see uh, that the moderates, so-called moderates? And then the hardliners have a fundamental, you know, fundamental disagreement on a specific issue, right? So um, I, 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 I think hardly anybody can find uh, 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 good evidence of that. So the, uh, in my view, the the uh, the dichotomy between uh, Iranian uh, moderates and uh, hardliners is a false one, and the difference between them are the seemingly uh, or the, 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 uh, at the surface, the superficial difference between them is very much a tactical difference. Um, uh, how to deal with uh, um, uh, the situation um, that the regime is facing uh, in order to uh, uh, preserve the regime, in order to serve the purpose um, of, the of the theocracy, that is the Islamic Republic. So I want to come uh, to the JCPOA and and the 
and the Biden administration's uh, policy that we're, what we're witnessing. Of course, the Trump administration withdrew from our commitments to the JCPOA, and the Biden administration is seeking to find some way to re-enter it, um, but uh, it's become it's appeared to be quite difficult uh, to get the Iranians to to recommit to their commitments at the same time uh, as the United States would relieve sanctions. You've written before that, quote, the menace of the Islamic Republic can't be appeased. It must be countered and restrained. It sounds like you um, would be a supporter of the so-called maximum pressure uh, campaign of the Trump administration and the decision to withdraw from the JCPOA. Do I understand that correctly? Uh, yes. Um, well, uh, just to be really sure, I think the Trump uh, policy towards Iran should be modified, uh, given more nuance, uh, to uh, uh, to be a more effective uh, a policy. Uh, but I do believe uh, the uh, policy uh, of the Trump administration on Iran is essentially a uh, correct one. Uh, um, but I just want to uh, also... Uh, uh, clarify here. You look at uh, the Trump uh, object, the Trump and Obama objectives on Iran. Uh, they're actually remarkably similar, uh, um, and even the means that they used towards Iran are uh, were very similar. Um, so the objective is to contain Iran um, and then uh, to uh, manage uh, Iran's uh, malign behavior, be it uh, nuclear or uh, uh, you know, uh, regional uh, interference uh, and etc. Uh, et right, um, and then uh, both Obama administration and Trump administration, uh, Trump administration used uh, crashing sanctions against the regime uh, uh, to force the regime to come back uh, to come to negotiation. Um, uh, in the Obama case, um, uh, he partially succeeded in doing that. Uh, to force the Iranian regime uh, to come to negotiate uh, for the JCPOA from 2013 uh, through 2015. Um, um, but I think uh, there's a problem um, uh, for, 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 the, for the Obama administration. Uh, in 2012, uh, when Obama was running for his second, uh, second term, uh, he promised uh, and then this is on record, he promised we will only enter a deal with Iran that would end uh, Iranian nuclear capability. Uh, three years, uh, three years later, uh, when the JCPOA was uh, uh, concluded, uh, that promise uh, wasn't delivered. Um, instead of uh, a a deal that would end uh, Iranian nuclear capability, uh, Obama ended up uh, having a deal that temporarily restrict. Uh, Iran's nuclear capability with uh, this uh, controversial uh, sunset clauses uh, that will, would, would fade out uh, in 10 to 15 years, right? So the only thing I think uh, can, can um, uh, square this and to explain uh, why Obama made this compromise to justify that um, uh, is, is uh, uh, what Obama has said. Um, uh, we believe um, a uh, a deal as such with Iran uh, that integrates Iran into international um, community uh, would show them that it is to their benefit to work with us, uh, to be a, 
a, a, a accountable and responsible actor uh, in the international arena. Um, that will buy us time uh, to engage with uh, the, the Iranian region further uh, uh, to negotiate uh, 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 other issues, um, including a, a longer, uh, more sustainable uh, uh, nuclear deal uh, that would more permanently uh, restrict Iran's uh, capability. But unfortunately, that didn't happen that way. Um, instead of uh, restraining its behavior um, in the auspices of uh, the nuclear deal, the Iranian regime did the opposite. Uh, they uh, immediately tested, uh, tested missiles um, uh, between 2000, uh, after the deal was concluded uh, to March 2016. Uh, they tested missiles three times. Um, and then they also intensified the regional interf uh, interference. Uh, um, the Iranian activities intensified uh, uh, in Syria. Um, their influence expanded all the way to the doorstep of, uh, uh, of Israel, to the Mediterranean. Um, uh, and they're, 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 uh, I think by uh, 2016, it was already very clear that the uh, Obama's um, uh, I uh, idea uh, that a nuclear deal would uh, uh, provide incentives to change the regime's behavior has been proven wrong. Even in the in the uh, in the in the language of the uh, Obama administration's uh, own officials, for example, uh, Samantha Power, uh, the uh, Obama's ambassador to the UN, uh, to the UN, uh, said in March 2016, after the third Iranian missile test after the conclusion of the deal, um, that uh, the Iranian missile test is provocative and destabilizing. And uh, uh, Lloyd Austin, uh, Biden administration's um, Secretary of Defense uh, at that time, uh, in uh, 2016, was the top uh, US commander in charge of the Middle East, has openly said that the, Iran, the Iranian regime has not changed its behavior despite the JCPOA. I think it was very clear that, that, the, that the deal uh, failed to encourage uh, better Iranian behavior. And then the Trump administration um, understood it, and uh, and quite rightfully, um, the need uh, uh, to put further pressure uh, to convince Iran uh, through pressure uh, to come back to, uh, to come back to negotiation table to negotiate a stronger deal that would effectively put uh, uh, Iranian nuclear threat and uh, other aspects of its malign behavior in a box. I so, think that's what happened. Yeah. Just, just to clarify, it doesn't seem to me that you are um, kind of categorically opposed to diplomatic engagement with Iran. You are some, you are opposed to the kind of diplomatic engagement that the United States has been um, doing with Iran, as exemplified by the Obama administration. Is that is that right? Uh, uh, um, yes. So I'm, uh, you know. Um, a recent uh, article appeared on Atlantic said I'm an accidental uh, hardliner. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> one thing needs to be uh, clarified is that uh, I am not against the diplomacy at all. Uh, and I think there's misunderstanding uh, on the, the Trump policy uh, on Iran uh, as well. Uh, so it is, um, I, I think, that largely is also politically uh, motivated. 
to say for Trump's um, uh, opponents uh, to say Trump has denied diplomacy uh, with Iran. Uh, but if you look at what Trump has said uh, carefully, uh, you would easily come to a conclusion that the Trump administration never closed the door of diplomacy with Iran. So, uh, and in fact, the Trump administration made it very clear we're not interested in regime change. We're not push. Our policy uh, is not to push uh, for regime change in Iran. We only want Iran to come to negotiate for a better deal. And it has to be emphasized that it was Iran um, that has categorically rejected, uh, always categorically rejected, to come back to a, a to negotiation table to negotiate anything. Um, uh, in addition to uh, what has been literally written in the JCPOA. So in other words, I think it is not the, the Trump administration uh, that, that, uh, that, that denied diplomacy. It's precisely the Iranian regime uh, that doggedly um, refused diplomacy. Okay. There are two things I want to, to ask you about uh, the Biden administration and the JCPOA. Uh, at this moment. One is that Iran does not seem to be all that eager to get back into the deal, which might be a little puzzling to some people. Uh, Ayatollah Khamenei, just a couple of days ago on Twitter, wrote this, quote, regarding the JCPOA, Iran is in no rush. We are very patient. Very patient. The U.S. must lift all sanctions. After verifying that sanctions have truly been lifted, then we will return to JCPOA commitments. So what do you think um, Iran is, is angling for? What, what accounts for their, um, their patience? It would seem that if they're under such punishing sanctions, wouldn't they want to get out of them as quickly as possible? Uh, well, I think they do want to get out, the, uh, get out of the sanction, uh, crashing sanctions as soon as possible. Uh, but we have to bear in mind that uh, Iran is a huge country and uh, it has a, a most diverse economy uh, in the Middle East. Uh, it has a huge population, huge domestic market. It can weather sanctions. Um, uh, so no matter how strong the sanction would be, you, you will not be able to crash uh, uh, Iran uh, overnight. Right? So this is, this is a process. So, but... Uh, with the understanding that the uh, Biden administration is so determined uh, to return uh, to uh, the Obama uh, uh, JCPOA, uh, which has been reiterated uh, since uh, Biden's presidential election campaign. Um, and uh, after Biden was uh, elected and become uh, and occupied the 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 the, the Oval Office uh, uh, this January, uh, uh, the Biden administration uh, has uh, shown um, uh, multiple concessional gestures towards Iran, removing the Houthis uh, of Yemen from uh, a terrorist list, um, signaling the U.S. is not going to oppose uh, the. IMF uh, $5 billion emergency loan to Iran. Um, and uh, um, uh, 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 for example, also uh, offering the, uh, the talks uh, uh, to Iran. Um, it, I, 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 and um, I think most uh, importantly also, um, appointing uh, a number of 
uh, pro engagement uh, uh, personnel uh, uh, into key positions. Into like key Ron positions. Alley in particular. Yes, yeah. yes, in uh, on, on, on key positions. I think uh, there's unmistakable uh, uh, sign uh, that the Biden administration is definitely going back to the deal. It's just a matter of time. So, so if you put yourself in the Iranian shoes, if you put yourself in the, uh, in the situation of a Khamenei, uh, w- w- what are you going to do? The only thing I think that would uh, uh, make a sense is to stall. You know, the other, you know, the, your, your opponents is so determined uh, to do the deal. So why don't you, you know, why don't I bar- you know, bargain for a better deal? Why it's very remin- yeah. it's reminiscent of of 2013 to 2015 where the United States seems to be more interested in getting into the deal than Iran does. Right. Because uh because uh, uh you know Obama uh faced uh, the pressure of electoral cycle that he needed to uh, conclude a deal before uh his second term ends. Um and then uh Iran is uh uh authoritarian regime and uh, they do not have the, the same kind of problem so they could afford to wait uh, so I, I think had Obama uh, had more time uh, to uh, deal with Iran um, uh, I tend to think that he could have uh, negotiated a better deal a stronger deal that could he could, uh, you know, uh, with terms uh, that he can present to the uh, uh, to, uh, to the Congress and Senate, um, um, uh, and get uh, the uh, Republicans uh, up, uh, on board uh, to better restrict uh, Iranian uh, nuclear uh, behavior. Uh, but he knew that he had the restrictions, and then he didn't even try uh, that route, and then uh, into the deal as an executive uh, agreement, which essentially undermined the deal itself. So, um, and then now I think it, uh, uh, it's puzzling, it's, it's, it's mind boggling that the uh, Biden administration uh, seems to refuse to understand uh, the pitfalls and the problems of the deal, which has already been proven after the deal was concluded and implemented, should we give the, the 2015 deal a benefit of doubt at that time? Right now, so many things have happened. We should understand the deal couldn't and didn't uh, work the way uh, the Obama administration envisioned. And yet, the Biden administration is so determined to go back. Uh, of course, uh, the Iranians are going to uh, 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 step up their provocation uh, and uh, uh, um, uh, use a kind of a stalling, uh, stalling uh, tactic uh, to force uh, a deal. Um, uh, out of the Biden administration, uh, in favor of uh, their interest. So they want more more concessions uh, before they agree to re-enter. That's what it seems to me. I want to yes. get to um, one other aspect of the Biden administration's approach, which is something that you often hear from Biden administration officials um, that they want to re-enter the nuclear deal as a as the kind of uh, launching off point. Um, for another deal, which would include um, Iran's missile program. It would include uh, its regional adventurism, its support for proxies in countries like Lebanon, Hezbollah, Yemen, and Syria. Um, What do you make of 
the idea of of having this kind of broader deal is that even a, a possibility is that something that iran is seriously going to entertain oh, well you have to understand why iran negotiated a nuclear deal in the first place uh you, know, you see in the ideal world iran does you know wouldn't want to be restricted uh, uh in any way in its nuclear uh, ambition um and then uh, it came to negotiation table uh, under pressure to negotiate deal because the pressure was so crushing and so heavy. Uh, basically, uh, multilateral UN sanctions that choked off uh, Iranian oil exports uh, and uh, 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 financial channels for Iran to repatriate uh, uh, their money. And then uh, in 2013, uh, uh, even worse uh, sanction uh, on Iranian central bank um, uh, was put in place. Basically, uh, choked off all channels um, uh, for Iran to get uh, to get their money back uh, from uh, from abroad, and then they were under such a pressure that they had uh, no choice. Plus, Obama told them, you know, um, we on, we're only we were we're only interested in the nuclear issue. Uh, we will only negotiate the nuclear issue, right? Uh, and that, that's with, what Iran is saying today that they only are interested in negotiating over the nuclear issue. Everything else is off the table. Yes, exactly. But, you know, you see, this is not a secret, right? So Obama, in multiple occasions, uh, have said that the, the deal, uh, he expected that the deal, uh, and his officials also said the same, they expected the deal would promote a change of Iranian behavior, right? That's the only reason, in my opinion, that can justify uh, why you would want to go into a temporary deal, as I, as I mentioned, right? Remember, Obama said we we uh, we will only enter a deal that ends uh, Iran's nuclear capability, and he didn't do that. He you know he entered into a deal that uh, had an expiration date on it, uh, and not very long expiration date. It's like uh, ten to fifteen years, right? Um, and then and then uh, uh, so with that understanding, we know Iran only came under crushing pressure. Uh, to negotiate a nuclear deal. And then it, they took up an advantage of Obama administration uh, and got a, 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 a very problematic deal. Uh, so now uh, with Obama's vision um, uh, failed uh, to uh, materialize, I think there's an urgency. And even the Biden administration uh, actually uh, admits that there's, there's a such a um, need uh, to improve and strengthen the existing deal. And then the, in fact, uh, the Biden administration has said, uh, as you mentioned, that we'll go back to the uh, original JCPOA um, and then use it uh, as a platform uh, for following uh, follow up, uh, 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 on uh, negotiations uh, to address other uh, areas of concern of uh, Iranian behavior, right? So now I think we need to answer a very important question. Uh, by definition of going back to the nuclear deal, uh, the, um, the United States would relinquish uh, financial and oil sanctions. These two pieces are the most powerful leverage we had to force Iran to negotiate the nuclear deal uh, in the first place. And then the, uh, because of uh, the Trump administration's uh, uh, withdrawal uh, from the nuclear deal and reimposing uh, and reimposing of these uh, sanctions. Now we have a broad uh, Iranian uh, uh, finance 
to a uh, uh, to a level that the the the, the Iranian state is on the brink of uh, bankruptcy. Uh, to give you a number, by two thousand by by uh, by the end of two thousand seventeen, the Iranian, according to uh, IMA, uh, the International Monetary Fund, by the way, uh, by the end of two thousand seventeen, the Iranian foreign exchange reserve was at two hundred billion dollars. Uh, by October two thousand twenty. Uh, it has come down to $8.8 billion. Wow. And then, and then how, how can we say uh, the sanctions are not effective? They are effective. I mean, you, you know, even the Hezbollah are saying, we don't have a money um, uh, to, you know, we have a financial problems um, to, uh, to carry out uh, and continue um, our operations. Because the Iranians been uh, supporting the Hezbollah financially, so and this is uh, you know these are the indications that the sanctions are effective and are working. And then now, if we go back to the JCPOA, we will relinquish that. We will allow Iran to export oil and repatriate uh, uh, oil money uh, uh, to Iran. And remember, this money, uh, Iran does not uh, need to engage. Uh, the populace, um, the, the Iranian uh, people, uh, 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 to um, uh, to uh, earn or spend this money. There is no accountability. Um, the, uh, 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 the the effect of lifting all these sanctions will, will hardly trickle down um, to the Iranian population, who really badly need uh, an improvement in their livelihood. Um, now. In that, in that situation, uh, when you give the regime lifeline, how are you going to bring the regime back to negotiation for other issues? There, you, the United States, after returning to the JCPOA, would have no powerful enough leverage uh, to, uh, to compel Iran for any further negotiation. Robert Mali's recent uh, claim uh, in the in his uh, Nauru's um, uh, greeting, uh, saying the United States is looking forward to um, uh, engagement with Iran based on mutual interest, and then that's pretty laughable if you think about it, because there is no mutual interest. Uh, Iran's, uh, you, you know, the uh, America's interest. Uh, uh, with regard to Iran, is to contain the regime's malign behavior from nuclear to human rights, uh, you name it. The Iranian, the, the Iran's uh, primary goal is to counter uh, uh, and oppose the United States. So, so what are we talking about here? How and even when Rob Mali was asked um, by the BBC reporter, how are you going to, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, negotiate? Uh, uh, other issues. And he said, we'll try to convince uh, the Iranians to talk about other issues. But again, he didn't try, say try to how convince. he's... Yeah, try, yes, he said, try to convince. But how are you going to try, try to convince them? You have no leverage. And then they have a fundamental interest not to cooperate with you. One uh, thing yeah. you just mentioned uh, is the issue of human rights. And with, that's the subject of your recent article for the Hoover Institution caravan. I thought we could focus on that for just just a minute here because you wrote something that I thought is is really um, interesting. It's really counterintuitive, which is the claim that uh, with the Iran deal, the regime 
actually increased its repression of civil society, women's activism, general freedom of expression. Um, I think you could also uh, perhaps hold up your own experience as an instance of uh, Iranian human rights violations. Um, so why is it that um, Iran's human rights condition, as you write, is unlikely to improve through Obama-style engagement. On the contrary, such engagement tends to backfire and intensify the regime's malign behavior. Yeah, because uh, you see, the Iranian regime regards Obama-style engagement as something dangerous. Uh, so the interrogator told me um, that the Obama engagement, the JCPOA, is an iron fist under a velvet glove uh, aimed at uh, soft regime change, uh, infiltration for soft regime change. Um, so, uh, you know, not known to uh, many people uh, outside of Iran or even to Iran watchers um, because such information doesn't uh, uh, hit uh, international media. Uh, but by virtue of being Iranian prison, I saw, um, for example, uh, so many uh, entrepreneurs, uh, scholars, uh, journalists um, uh, got arrested. Um, people who, uh, like a, a businessmen who promote uh, Iran's um, uh, better business and economic connections with the, with the United States or Europe were arrested. Um, why? Because the, the, the Iranian regime understands um, the, a, a deal like the JCPOA would inevitably, uh, would inevitably uh, improve uh, uh, Iran's um, connection uh, with the West, with the outside world, uh, like it or not. It's, it's just... It's, you know, it's just going to happen. So, and then they think this is something threatening. Um, and then they, they uh, because they are afraid uh, that um, the, uh, uh, such uh, liberalization, uh, if we call it, uh, even in a, in, a, in a very modest level, would usher uh, further liberalization that would spell the end uh, of the regime. And then that's exactly what, uh, um, uh, what they did um, by uh, preempt, uh, preempting that, they crashed down on civil societies. Uh, they crashed down on uh, startup uh, entrepreneurs who are um, um, building up um, uh, business enterprises, independent uh, 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 businesses, enterprises, um, to, to become, uh, if you will, uh, in the future, um, I can remember the basis uh, for if, uh, uh, more effective uh, civil society, uh, civil society activism, uh, you know, from the from the middle class and all that, um, uh, and then uh, at the expense of uh, the regime's monopoly of the Iranian economy, and they knew it, and then they cracked down on it. Um, but because all these people are Iranians, um, you, you don't hear about uh, uh, situations like this uh, in Western news. However, the IRGC, which... Uh, Iranian was, Revolutionary uh, Guard Corps. Yeah. Yes, the Islamic, not Iranian. The oh, Islamic, excuse me, yes, you are correct. Yes, the Islamic yeah. Revolutionary Guard Corps. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the name of IRGC uh, precisely indicates uh, the global ambition of the Islamic Revolution. 
there's not a word in that in the in the name indicates their interest is only Iranian, right? So the IRGC did that. The IRGC cracked down on these entrepreneurs, put them in prison, um, and and then they made a documentary of it. They said under the JCPOA, um, uh, uh, these people are trying to engage with the West um, and to change our Islamic value um, and corrupt our society. So it sounds like if if the spirit of the JC, the intended spirit of the JCPOA from the Obama administration was to kind of integrate Iran into the, the global economy and thereby improve relations with the West and the United States, the Iranian regime was committed to preempting any movement in that direction. Is that yes. right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's what they, what they did. That's interesting. Um, so the last thing I want to ask is you've seen a lot of um, Iranian activists, dissidents, um, and and emigres uh, arguing that there should be a human rights component to any kind of renegotiated uh, JCPOA, um, that that Iran's human rights conditions don't get nearly as much attention um, in the West as in, as compared to some other uh, Middle Eastern countries, um, and that it's past time that it's past time for the United States to um, to pay attention to this and to make it part of a of a deal. Do you see that as a as a possibility or, or even an interest of, of the administration? Well, I, I think, yes, I think that's a really good question. Um, <clears throat> so in my essay, I actually uh, wrote that there's a tendency in our country when it comes to dealing with a, a regime like Iran, that the human rights issue uh, tends to rank pretty low uh, in our priorities. Uh, and it seems to be uh, an issue uh, that is dispensable uh, <clears throat> for, for, uh, for a higher good. Let's say if they can control Iran's nuclear ambition, then the human right, uh, you know, we can afford not to mention the human right. Uh, I think that's essentially a flawed approach uh, because we, uh, we tend to think that human right is a isolated uh, 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 issue that's uh, separable from the Iran, uh, the, the, the larger picture of Iranian uh, regime's malign behavior. Um, but I don't think that's a, a correct understanding um, uh, because uh, uh, as I have written in my, uh, in my, in my piece uh, that the, the uh, human rights issue um, may be understood in other words as a um, uh, issue of uh, uh, the Iranian people uh, struggling for uh, their political and civil rights. Um, and uh, uh, by helping the Iranian people uh, to struggle towards a better uh, uh, political right and uh, political and civil rights, um, uh, <clears throat> we will help uh, the Iranian populace uh, to counter uh, the malice of the uh, Iranian regime. And ultimately, uh, that is beneficial uh, to uh, our national interest and regional st stability because the Iranian regime would understand that, that there's a cost um, um, uh, to, to do bad things uh, when it needs uh, a stronger uh, opposition from its own populace uh, and constituencies. Okay. 
Wang Shiwei, thank you for coming on the Caravan, Caravan Podcast. Thank you for the work you've been doing. Uh, you can follow Shiwei on Twitter at Shiwei Wang 9 and you can read his essay on Iran and human rights at www.hoover.org slash caravan. Be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Caravan Podcast in about two weeks when my colleague Russell Berman will interview German political scientist Matthias Kunze on the Europeans' role in the JCPOA diplomacy. Thank you very much. This podcast has been a production of the Hoover Institution, where we advance ideas that define a free society. For more information about our work and to hear more of our podcasts or see our video content, please visit hoover.org.